Hey, this is Ryan Dungey, and you're listening to the Moto X-Pod Show. Hey, this is Paige Craig, and you're listening to the Moto X-Pod Show. What's up? It's Dark Side. We are back for another episode of the Moto X Pod Show. This week, episode 189, we are in the middle of a winter storm. The likes of East Texas has never seen that I'm aware of. Getting down in the negatives, a uh, lot of snow for us. Uh, just, yeah, it's been hard for us to deal with, honestly, because we are not prepared in this area of the country for this kind of weather. Been pretty interesting. But because of that, Scotty T, DJ TJ will not be in studio tonight. I will have Scotty T via FaceTime here in a little bit, but I want to introduce our sponsors. Obviously, a Cherubies USA for decades. A Cherubies has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories with products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last. A Cherubies has what you need. Visit CherubiesUSA.com or call 1 800 659 1440 and let Brian Fullerton, Talon Volan take care of you. And of course, let them know the Moto X Pod show sent you. Also on board, X Brand Goggles. Everybody's asking me about the Lucid Goggles. Uh, a few more back in stock, but the majority of them should be in here in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be able to start getting some of those out. So stay tuned. Also on board, Williams Moto Works, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing for you WP Suspension Guys, Extreme Colors, Helmet Painting, Berm Lords Graphics, and Jersey ID. You guys know all about the Berm Lords. And, of course, R-Jerky. Go to eatrjerky.com. Use promo code MOTOXPOD21 to save. I placed another order yesterday. Uh, yeah, abbreviated intro because of the situation tonight. We've got Tool Man Dan coming up from the main event Moto show. You guys know him. He's going to talk a little bit about what he's been going on. We're going to get into 250 West just for a little bit. And speaking of 250 West, Jeremy Martin, Star Yamaha's own Jeremy Martin coming on. Uh, as he's going racing this weekend at Orlando 2. We've got Ryan Dungey on the show for the first time. Um, you guys have probably heard him. He's been doing the podcast rounds. So we were pretty excited that they reached out to us. He's going to be promoting RD Coffee. But we're gonna, we are gonna have a bunch of listener questions. I reached out on Instagram, Twitter, TJ did on Vital. we got a whole bunch of cool questions. Uh, maybe a little different than what he usually gets asked. And so I, th- I think it'll be interesting. I think it's going to be different than the normal you know, what, what everybody else has been talking to him about, I, ho- I hope. And uh, also, we got Brady Bowers is going to come on. She's gonna she's back at Supercross. Monster Girl, obviously, been around a, a while with the Monster Girl. She's been doing the PBRA circuit, but she is back. She was back at Supercross this weekend. She's going to come on and talk just a little bit about that. Uh, I think it would be fun to get, you know, just visit with Brady for a little bit. Uh, no, no relationship questions, no personal stuff. You guys have been hitting me up. 
Uh, that's their business. Uh, they're, they're, you know, I don't know what's going on, but we're not going to talk about that. We're just going to talk about business and Supercross and Monster Girls. So once again, thanks to our sponsors. Uh, we did get a winner for the Fly Sparkdown Jacket. And that winner is Nicolee Souders. So thanks for playing. We got a lot of entries on that one. Really cool. Uh, but congratulations to Nicolee. All right, guys, stay tuned. We'll be back with Toolman Dan. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Entercamp. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound Champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound Champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm. And for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then if you're looking for top quality hard parts you need to visit torque one racing torque one racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the moto x pod show find the flow with torque one racing handlebars levers shifters brake pedals and grips torque one racing is the title sponsor of the moto x pod show so support those who support us visit torqueoneracing.com and order your defy lock on grips today all right, we are back, and I'm pretty excited to talk to our next guy. It's been a little bit since we've had him on. Friend of the show, owner of DCMX and Tools, also in control of the main event social media. You guys know him as Toolman Dan. Dan Colvin, what's up, dude? What's happening, Dark Side? Not a lot, man. Uh, just really, really excited to talk to you. We've been trying to make this happen for a little bit, and I, I kind of has just dropped the ball, to be honest, and I haven't got you on. But you've been busy lately, dude. Oh yeah, man. It's, it's been crazy. It's been, uh, I'm like the Jack of all trades. Now I seem like I have my hands in just about a little of everything, you know? Yeah. How, since you took over main events, um, social media, dude, it's gotten a lot more prevalent. I see posts all the time. Do you find that being a little more difficult than you thought it would be as far as just time consumption? Uh, you know, yes and no. Um, it doesn't take a lot of time to do the posts and things like that. You know, it really takes the time is to connect with our with our followers. Yeah, um, I, I really like to try to. We get a lot of messages. I was actually blown away with the amount of messages that come through on a daily basis. You know, and um, you know, I, I try to to do my best to personalize 
you know, the relationship with the, the listeners and, and the followers. And I like to try to reply to people and, you know, start up conversations and, you know, build that one-on-one relationship just to, you know, I enjoy it. And I want to, I want to grow the main event moto brand for Daniel and Joe, you know? Yeah, I, I get it, man, because, you know, I don't, we don't have anywhere near the followers that main event does, but I get a lot of those too, you know, and then it's like, I try to respond to everyone. And then you get into these conversations sometimes and, you know, you, you got like, you got your own business to run and it, it can be time consuming, but it's really, I think, fulfilling when those people, those listeners who have become fans of the product you're involved with, like they, they give you their appreciation. They tell you, wow, man, I really appreciate you responding. Uh, you know, you can tell that it means a lot because it wasn't that long ago that I was just a fan and I'm sure it's the same yeah. for you, Dan. I mean, you're, you're an industry guy now you work for main event. You've been in, you know, been around, but I'm sure it wasn't that long ago. You were just a fan. It's like, wow, now these people you know, they enjoy what we're doing and it's really cool. It's, you know, the way I look at it is I like to try to be the highlight of, of their day, you know, and if that means a simple reply back to them or answering a question, you know, a personal question or whatever the case might be, I know that it makes those people's day. And, um, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not Ryan Dungey or Ryan Villapoto, the sport, you know, but you know, I'm, people are starting to, to know my name and, and, uh, I think it's cool, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. They get a kick out of it and I get a kick out of it. And, um, what's, what's crazy is, uh, randomly last week I, I, we went to the track. It was super, super busy. My, my kid wanted to ride. She's five, you know, she's got a, a PW and she's just got off the training wheels. Not that terribly long ago. And it was just intimidating. There was tons of kids out there. Yep. So yep. I said, hey, you know what? I'll take you down by the river. You can just, it's a wide open place. And a lot of people ride down there, but it's, I'll be honest. It's, it's where all the hillbillies go. You know, it's, it's a great time, but it's <laughs> okay. where all the hillbillies go. Sure. And, uh, I'm down there and, and out of nowhere, I, I get this message. Hey man, are you, are, is this tool man, Dan, are you down by the river, you know, with your kid? And uh, <laughs> the guy was so pumped, you know, it was, yeah. it, was, it, was a kid. it was funny. That's awesome, man. I, yeah. I'm always blown away when I get those kind of reactions and I love that you're getting more involved and with Daniel so busy with his stuff that he, does, he wasn't super busy when he was, I, I assume he was the one doing the main event stuff. Maybe Joe was, but uh, it's definitely gotten a lot busier. A little more, a little more Kawasaki post than in the past, but that's okay. <laughs> we got to keep it real, you know. Sure, it's, sure. That's, uh, yeah, I, I get He's, it. That guy is that guy is so busy. It's it's insane. Yeah, he, uh, he is the epitome of of a grinder. You know, he. I have to get up in the morning at six a.m. to if I want to talk to Daniel. I have to get up at 6 a.m. to call him before his day starts. Otherwise, oh, yeah. yeah, I just I won't reach him during the day. It's uh, I'm I'm stoked for him. I'm <laughs> taking on Eagle Grit full on. And yeah, actually, it's funny today. He hits me up and he says, "Hey, I need a favor." I'm like, "Dude, whatever you need, what you need." Hey, can you uh, run the Eagle Grit social media? I'm like, "Oh man, here we go." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I found that you know Texas time. We're two hours ahead of you, so I found that if I text him around eight eight thirty our time he'll almost always answer right away. I'm like, dude, why are you up so early? He's all yeah. get up at like 5 a.m. or whatever, start doing emails and whatever. Yeah, he he's, does. He, he, you know, the joke that Steve kind of, the guys were talking about a couple of weeks ago on Pulp about him being the concession guy and the, the security guy and, you know, you know the, a dig dug, that's somewhat reality in his real life, you know, outside. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, so many hats. But, hey, let's get into DCMX and uh, your DCMX and tools. What started your own business, basically. I mean, you were technically self-employed before, but now this is your deal, I believe. Give me the background yeah. on this. What brought it on, how it's going, and how people can reach out to you. 
So when I, I, I started a tool franchise like three years ago and um, went through a couple unfortunate uh, you know mishaps. I had a, a fire that you know most people know the campfire in Paradise, California that uh, wiped out a complete town. That was unfortunately one of my routes. And then, you know, with the whole COVID thing um, kind of took down my other route. And, you know, when I first started my, my tool franchise, I, uh, I named my LLC, you know, DCMX and tools, you know, doing business as the tool franchise. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to kind of incorporate, you know, my name and MX with motocross, you know, because I'll be honest, you know, I, I, um, I wanted to use it as advertising for, you know, like my dirt bikes and parts and stuff like that. And, you know, have something to write off against my business. And, um, and it's crazy because now, I mean, that's, that's my sole business is DCMX and tools and pretty much just related around, uh, you know, tools for motocross and, and dirt bikes. And, you know, I sell a lot of other tools for automotive guys as well, but, you know, I really am trying to focus on, you know, the stuff that we need as dirt bike riders and racers in our toolbox. Yeah, and, yeah. um, it's, it's just kind of exploded. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's just weird how things work dark side. You know, you, um, you know, when one door shuts, another one opens and, um, I've been very fortunate, you know, to have some good relationships with people. And, mm-hmm. um, like I mentioned before, you know, with the main event uh, listeners and followers, I, I like to write it to, be their highlight of the day. And, you know, and it, it's, it's kind of got me to where I'm at today. Yeah. You know, they always say good things happen to good people and you're definitely one of those good people. Um, very, feel very privileged that I got a chance to meet you through Daniel at Houston in 2017, dude. I think that's when we met. Was um, it 2017? Yeah. Because that was the first oh, year. Man. No, no, it was 18. I take that back. 18. It was 18? Yep. Cause that was round two supercross. That was our first supercross as a show. And yeah, yeah, we met down there on uh, doing the, the night before show, right on the floor. weren't you? Yeah, right? yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, so it's that, crazy because I saw that picture the other day. Remember yeah. when, when you and I and Daniel were sitting on the tough, tough block? block? Yep. Dude, I I have aged since then. <laughs> Holy crap! You and I both, brother. You and I both. Well, how can people reach out to you to get involved or you know to buy stuff from you? I, I know your Instagram is it's at, at DCMX Tools, correct? Yeah, DCMX Tools on, on Instagram. I am on Facebook as well. Um, I, I'm really not active on Facebook. Yeah, I, um, I just uh, yeah. I, I hear you. Facebook's a, Facebook's a nightmare. Sure. Um, you know, but uh, Instagram, I'm pretty active on there. Um, I'm going to be launching a web page here pretty soon. I'm trying to get a website open where guys can go online and, and shop. Cool. Um, I've got a. Uh, a new moto box coming out. That's kind of what I, I started doing is build moto boxes. And, um, I've got the, the second generation moto box coming out and, um, they're real cool. They're, they're a toolbox with foam cutouts. Um, and it basically has everything that you need at the track, you know, to do just about anything. You're not going to be real rebuilding motors or suspension, right. the basics. But, you know, yeah, your basic stuff, you know, you'll have everything you need, you know, to do whatever. So, uh, those are pretty cool and they've been, uh, they've been real popular. That's awesome, man. I'm looking forward to that. I'm gonna have to grab me one of those. Um, yeah. let's get into a little bit of racing, man. I know <clears throat> you were on main event this last past, uh, episode on Sunday, which I'm about halfway through it at the moment. So you may have gotten into some of these things, but, um, give me your thoughts on 250 West coming up. Uh, everybody's saying Jeremy Martin's the favorite. We're going to have Jeremy on here in a little bit. He, he's the next guest of the night. 
But give me your thoughts, man. What do you see? You know, what are you uh, what are you expecting? I I honestly think that Jeremy Martin is going to be the title favorite. I think he's the guy to beat. Um, I think he has the most to lose or gain in this 250 West. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. He's he's been in the 250 class for quite a while, and he needs to break out of that class, and and it's time. And if he wants a you know a good 450 deal. He's going to need to win a title, um, the Supercross title. Um, you know, he just he's he's kind of been right there, but you know, um, just hasn't been able to capitalize in years past. And yeah, I I do think that uh, you know he's got two things on his side. I do I do firmly believe believe it or not, as as much as I talk poorly about the Yamahas, and and a lot of it is is a joke, but I get a lot of flack for talking crap about Yamahas. Uh, that 250 is 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 the the it's the cream of the crop in the 250 class. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm looking uh, at buying one. I, I think that Christian Craig got a bump on it. I think pretty much anybody that jumps on that bike, you know, gets a bump. Um, even uh, Shane, I think he got a bump on it, and uh, I think it's going to be a huge benefit to to J Mart. And I do think that with four Daytona style outdoor supercross tracks if that's what you want to call it you know with the one being in daytona three rounds in atlanta i think that that plays in jeremy martin's hand uh because let's remember a few years back he got second place on a 450 at daytona so uh we know that he's good on that style track and Mm -hmm. you know when you got when you got half the rounds in the 250 west on that style of track and then him on that star yamaha 250 i think that's tough to beat it's going to be, and he knows that, you know, I was actually, I had read an article that Weeds did with him a while back and, uh, you know, he pretty much said that, like, I, I, I have to win. You know, I, I was surprised when I read that because you won't usually hear a guy say that. It'll be like, ah, you know, they, they kind of, they play it off as it's not as that big of a deal, but he's like, hey, my, you know, my 450 future may be on the line here to a degree. So yeah, he's going to have, he knows what he's racing for, right? It's not like, uh, just, well, if I do okay, I'll get another contract. He's. He's racing for a 450 ride, so yeah, I think he's going to have to be on point, and he knows it, so that's going to be interesting. But, man, nobody's – like, I'm not hearing anybody really giving Hunter Lawrence any real love. Like, I think this is a 4-5 or five rider – starting out a 4-5 or five rider series. I mean, like, between yeah. him and Justin Cooper, I know he's coming off an injury, but Justin's going to be good. Come on, you know? And, and, and then, I mean, I feel like Mumford's going to be good. There's a couple other guys that um, I expect a lot out of. I'll tell you, I uh, I think that I think one of the sleepers in this class could be the the rookie Seth Hamaker. Oh wow, uh, yeah. That kid was so good at Supercross, uh, went in the amateurs, and he's on a good program. You know, he's he's actually a year behind. He was supposed to start last year, had an injury. Um, you know, and I think that could only mean that he probably has more time on the bike and more familiar with the program and. I think that he could be a sleeper, man. I, I really do. I, I don't disagree. I mean, there's a couple guys. Like, I mean, I expect, you know, Marchbanks won Daytona last year. I know he's yeah. on a quote-unquote privateer bike. It's not going to be as good. But, dude, I just I, – I, I always go into these series just like this year, man. I think, like, Moseman's going to get a podium and, and win. And, you know, he, he had some really good rides, but he really wasn't fast enough so far before he got hurt to win. So – I'm a little higher on some guys than maybe I should be. Maybe it's just wishful thinking. But this this series, this West series that's about to start off this weekend, we're going to see a lot. I think Hunter Lawrence is going to be a threat. Um, 
and unfortunately, I don't have my list right in front of me for the West, but uh, there, you know, Pierce Brown. I'm interested to see what Pierce is going to do. Some of these kids that you know didn't really have good seasons last year. Jalik, I think Jalik Swole is going to surprise some people. Um, yeah, his attitude tells me a lot. You know, and hearing him on Pulp a couple times in the last couple months, like I, he has hyped me up. Like his personality, and attitude. So I'm I'm excited. Um, let's, There's a couple of guys like like Jordan Smith is another guy that's you know he's he's solid man. He's been riddled with yeah. injuries in oh, the McAdoo. last years. McAdoo, but you know Smith. Going back to Smith, this is again, man. This is this is he's got to perform. He's got to do something. He's got to stay away from injury because you know he's been in that class a while. And and we talk about it all the time on the main event show how fast these guys get washed out of the system, you know. And uh, and a lot of people were questioning why you know Jordan. I mean, we all know why he's got a contract, but you know he keeps getting these opportunities. Um, he's got to make something of this yes. opportunity. Yeah. There's a couple of those kids that I think if I call them kids, you know what I mean? But a couple of those guys mm-hmm. that if they don't perform this year, we're going to see a bunch of new guys in positions. I think there's a few guys that might be on their last factory type out, um, opportunities. Uh, but yep. we're, hey, we're going to find out in a couple of days. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I know you got to get your kid here in just a little bit. So I want to ask you a couple of things. Yeah, we're good. Um, you talk about this a little bit with main event, you and Daniel bust balls back and forth, but both your Kawasaki guys, man, a little bit underwhelming compared to what we expected so far. Um, I know AC's got a little bit of an injury and yeah. I know Eli always comes on strong at the end, but it doesn't feel like he's going to like to me, Kenny and Cooper are a step above of where they normally are. And now you were throwing out stats the other night, but give me your honest thoughts, man. Like, Percent pie, however you want to just go into it, but what Eli coming back and making this a fight, and then AC turning this thing around. I mean, I, I have to look at I have to look at things honestly, and you know, as much as I love Eli and AC, you know, um, Eli is buried. Uh, yeah. The other night on the on main event, I, I actually I, I was looking at the wrong year when I was looking up the uh, the stats. I was looking from two years ago. Okay. So yeah. my, and my I think Daniel questioned not, that actually. Yeah. And he was right. Um, but you know, I, I hate to say it, but I, I think Eli has buried himself too far and I don't know, you know, I know sometimes he gets a little bit of a slow start, you know, through the first few rounds and it's probably playing it, you know, a little bit safe and want to stay out of the carnage, but you know, we're coming up on round eight and, He's, you know, almost 30 points behind. Yeah, that's a I, lot. With, with with Kenny, the way Kenny's riding and the way that Cooper's riding, I just I just can't see him making up that type of ground, barring, you know, those guys, you know, getting injured. And they're they're too consistent. They get good starts, you know, at least at least Kenny does. But you know, Cooper has shown the ability to come through the pack, kind of like that we've seen in. In years past with Eli, we have not seen that with Eli. So um, Daniel thinks that he's over it, you know, and he this is it for him, and he's gonna, you know, ride away in the sunset. <laughs> I I'm not there yet, yeah. You know, but this this round in Orlando and Daytona, he has to win these rounds. He has to win these rounds, and he has to start showing these guys that hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride up front and I'm gonna battle for this championship because right now. I don't even think he's in the question with those guys. No, I don't either. You know, and look, I don't think 
I've, I've kind of I've heard a few people say this. I don't think he's lost anything. I think Kenny and Cooper have stepped it up. And, I would agree with you. And when Eli, t- in the past, you know, Eli has two or three of those just insane rides. And those aren't normal. Even for him, that's not normal. It's not like he does it every weekend, every other weekend. It's just when the conditions are perfect, he has these insane rides. But normally, he's the fastest guy or second fastest guy. But with getting st- bad starts, and even if he's equal with Cooper and Kenny, which I, I kind of think he's a step off, but even if he was equal, you just can't you can't run with him because Kenny's getting incredible starts and Cooper's getting through the field fast. And like you yeah. say, Eli's always been known as kind of being a little bit calculated. You know, even when everybody's get him shit about taking a long time to get up or whatever, he always told me that's because, hey, I, I, I don't want to get landed on. Like, I'm trying to be smart. I'm not just going to jump out there. He's calculated. He's a smart guy. Um, sure. So I think that is somewhat hurting him when he gets the bad starts. Uh, what about I, Ace? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was going to ask about the thing, that, the thing that I don't understand, dark side, about Eli is why do we continuously get bad starts? Like, Yeah, I don't know. You know it's, the start is more dependent now than ever because these guys up front are so good and they get good starts and they have the speed. Why are we not? And maybe they are. Maybe they don't have it figured out, but that, that's what I want to know is why do we get 10, 12, 15th place starts on a factory motorcycle that I think we can agree that it's not the motorcycle because AC gets starts. Sure. Yeah. I, I just don't understand why week after week after week we get the same start. There's so I many mean, factors it, though. I mean, like you, it's clearly it's not the engine, right? But it could be his gearing choice. It could be if his reaction time is a 10th of a second slower than the guys next to him, you're, you're effed. It, it, you know, and, and that's not something reaction time is not, not even something that, in my opinion, you can work on. It's, you know, your, the, the amount of time it takes from your eyes to see the gate twitch for it to get to your brain. If it's just a little bit slower in his anatomy, then he's at a disadvantage and that little bit yeah. now. And then like, you know, if his settings off just a little bit, if he's, if he's set up for everything, but the start, which most supercross guys would know better, but if that was the mm-hmm. case, you start adding these little things up, you know, and then if you add into, well, he's trying to be careful once he does get a bad, a little bit of a bad start and he lets off, those things just add up so fast. And it, it, there's no way we'll ever know. Maybe five years, 10 years from now, it, he comes on, you know, one of these shows is like, well, I had these things going on. Or who knows? You know, if he'll ever, yeah. if we'll ever know. Um, it, and I'm sure him and Kranz are trying to figure that out, right? I mean, they're, they're, and his practice guy, they're 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 trying to figure this out. They don't want to be where they are, and I'm sure it's driving them crazy. And maybe the second half of the season, we're not even halfway, right? So this next part of the season, yeah. maybe we see that change. Maybe he starts getting out of the gate third, and those things start turning around. And you know, at the end of the season, we're like, wow, we're all idiots. You know, why do we do that every year? We doubt, and then see what happens. Well, I'm pulling for him. You know, oh, I, I know am. You are. But I mean, it's <laughs> you like, and Dylan. It, it's yeah, it's 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 tough to see. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know. And okay. AC going back to AC, yeah. I um, I, I'm, I mean, he's got a couple injuries, right? He's sure. he's got a uh, he had a couple surgeries, wrist, you know, yeah. on his arm and his wrist, and and now he's got the leg issue, and he's having trouble sque- uh, squeezing the bike, and I mean, you you can you can see that out there on the track, and 
you know, it sucks because I think I think I speak for everybody. We all want to see AC do well, right? I agree. And you know, you could see that he's struggling a little bit, you know, physically. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, he's going backwards. You really don't see AC going backwards. You know, maybe one or two positions, but you know, he's going backwards. You know, five, six, seven positions. So you know, obviously he's uncomfortable, and you know, the hope is that you know he heals up and and gets back in the mix with those, those guys at the top. And, and I think he will, you know, his, his future is bright. We all know that. I agree. I agree. I think that um, it's not what we expected out of him this season, but with the, the issues he's having, it's understandable. Um, last question before I let you go. And you may have touched on this also a main event. I, if, if you have, I haven't got to it yet. The a lot of complaints about the NBC program. I don't want to get into the coverage and all that stuff. I want to get into what the F are they doing with Daniel Blair? In my opinion, look, he's your buddy. He's my buddy. But I feel like, I don't feel like I'm showing favoritism when I say I think he's the best talent this the program has. And they really effed him down, in my opinion, this weekend. NBC probably had a reason for it. But what the hell's going on? Yeah, I, I have to be a little bit careful here yeah, at Dark Side. I know. Uh, but, but I'm going to tell you from my opinion, okay? Okay. NBC wants new viewers. Okay. They they're thirsty for new viewers. They want growth. I get it. We all get it. You know, that's what makes the world go around is growth. But what they don't understand in my opinion is they don't understand our clientele. You know, we're, we're not, we're not the NASCAR people. We are the, we are the people that, you know, we watch the race on Saturday night and Sunday morning we're loading up our trucks and with our dirt bikes and we're going to ride. Yeah. You can't do that with NASCAR. We're, we're, we are a we are a unique group of people. We are a unique clientele, and you know we expect for the commentators to know what they're talking about. And um, I, I I'm I'm a little bit biased because Daniel's my friend, but let's just try to take that out. I I strongly believe he is the most talented guy on that broadcast team, and I think that he brings more to the table than anybody else. And he speaks to the fans. We understand what he's talking about. He knows that that's what we want. We want that, that one-on-one, you know, we, we talk about this, it's a relationship, right? He's got a relationship with these fans because he can relate to what we go through when we go riding. We can relate to what he's saying because we ride. And when you bring in other talent that doesn't understand that, we kind of think of it all as a joke, right? Right. Um, you know, but, uh, it's, it's really, uh, you know, they want new people, they want new fans. And, um, I, I just, you know, I, I hope one day that Daniel gets the opportunity to get in the booth. I mean, that's, that's his goal. I don't think that's, that's not a secret. Um, he wants to be in the booth and uh, we'd all love to see him there, you know, and, um, there's a lot of politics involved and there's a lot of, you know, like budget stuff and things are weird right now in the world. It's, you know, this <laughs> true, is not true. just NBC or, or, the, you know, any, everything is so weird, you know, nobody can make sense of anything that's happening. I don't think so. It kind of goes along with the theme of 2020 and 20, the, the beginning of 2021. Um, but I mean, all we could do was, you know, um, just try to stay, stay positive and, you know, uh, I think he'll. I think he'll get what he's after one of these days. And well, and know, if they, what did what did you think, Darkside? I mean, you said, 
you said you think he got screwed. I mean, yeah. what's your opinion? Oh, well, I think, okay. In my opinion, NBC has people under contract and some of this, this is facts that are known. Um, mm-hmm. like that Rutledge guy for, I guess he's does NASCAR or whatever he, or some other stuff. And they're trying to use the people they have under contract. Um, I, that's what I believe. They're just trying to fit them in to probably some of these people need some work. They probably haven't worked in a little while. I don't know all that, but, um, yeah, I think what you said makes sense too, that some of these guys like Rutledge or even like Lee Diffie are known in other forms of motorsports. They're, they're already mm-hmm. under contract with NBC and they're just trying to mix it up, see what works maybe. Um, and I don't think that they really understand the the fan base of Supercross that we're pretty, most of us are pretty loyal to our guys uh, that, in, that do other things. They're ex racers or whatever. That's a big deal to us. Um, but yeah, I think they just were trying to, we've seen it before where they bring guest commentators or guest trackside. Uh, what's the title? Um, that like Daniel's title, uh, trackside, not support, uh, analyst analysts. They, yeah. They've done that before. Um, but I'm worried that they don't see Daniel for what he is, uh, you know, for that. He is a type of guy that would be really good in the booth with Ricky. Like people hate on Ricky, but I think if Daniel and Ricky were in the booth together with the way Daniel can do things on the fly and he can do color and he can do, uh, you know, the breakdown stuff and he can do everything that I think he and Ricky would be able to play off each other really well because they both understand the racing side and Daniel understands the business side of the, of TV. Um, but yeah, I just don't think, I think NBC is just doing what they always do, or even when they were yeah. Fox, right? We saw the Fox analysts from other sports maybe every once in a while in there doing mm-hmm. stuff, and you just there'd be a, a different woman every once in a while doing the the trackside stuff, you know, whether it be uh, Aaron Bates back in the day or whoever, they'd switch them out, and we'd always complain. Uh, I, I think I took it really personal because it's Daniel, and I know how hard he works, and I believe that with the way Eagle Grit's doing, Daniel doesn't, in my opinion, he doesn't need NBC anymore. Um, but they they would be making a huge mistake quality-wise. Like, I don't think the numbers are going to go down. I'm not going to start watching because Daniel's not a part of it if that happens. But it's a mistake. Yeah. I, I think I think we all kind of feel like that, right? It's, yeah. You go back to, you know, Ricky, um, and and you, you hit on it. My, this is my opinion. I think that if Daniel was in the booth with Ricky, he would make Ricky much better. I think that, like yeah, you said, they would feed off yep. of one another. Yep. And, you know, Ricky would be incredible. Um, you got to lob those things to those guys. You know what I mean? And and like I said before, we have a, we're a unique sport. So you, you need the experience, the, the deep experience that yep. we have with the sport to re, to relate and I think that's what that's what we're missing. And I agree, I agree. Well, uh, it's hopefully it gets better. And uh, I, I don't know what the plans to bring the other gentleman back. You know, I I I think that was maybe just a one time thing on Saturday night. I uh, believe so. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. So on the on a good note, uh, are you catching the Blair's breakdowns every week? Uh, I've caught a couple of them. If I'm being honest, I haven't seen them all. Yeah, I, uh, I find it very hard. Really good. Yeah, they are. I find it very hard to watch or listen to everything that I want to during the week with the way my job is, and I'm not yeah. in the vehicle all the time. And then just 
I get like I'll, I'll get late at night do, done doing a show and I'll be like, oh, I need to watch this. Like I literally just watched the Moto Spy videos today, and the first one's yeah. been out for like a month probably. So, um, but they're it's good, tough, dude. Man, it's tough with so many different <laughs> yeah. things going yes, on now, right? Is. Even yes, I get fall behind on my on my podcasts because you know before when I was driving every day, yeah, I you know that's what you do when you drive. You listen to podcasts, right? But now I sit at my desk at home and I you know you just uh, you just don't turn them on for whatever reason. Yep. So I, I fall behind as well. It's it's the same yeah same for me. And I recently finally subscribed back to Sirius, so I'm also trying to catch up on some Howard Stern stuff. And I'm like, there's just literally not enough time in the day. It's, is he still on Howard Stern? Oh yeah, he just signed another contract, another five year really? deal. Like what, maybe God. within the last year, he signed another five year deal. I haven't listened to him in ages. Oh, it's so good. Is it still good? I think so. I love it. And I've actually what I've been doing is going back and listening to the Howard Stern wrap up shows because that's what Steve based the Pulp wrap up show off of. And Steve, gotcha. I, I don't know how much you listen, but Steve always tells me like. Oh, nobody cares about the listener opinions when I have listeners as guests. Uh, you know, he doesn't really want us to go into our own topics, basically. Right. But that's all the the Howard Stern wrap up does, man. Like Gary Gary Delabate, his producer, and John Hines, they who run the show, the wrap up show, they basically give their opinions of the show and things they like. It's exactly the opposite of what Steve says he wants, even though he based it off that. So I'm trying to get me a little ammunition so I can fire back at Steve eventually. But anyway, you know yeah. what? You just got it. You got to go with the flow. I, I yeah. think you do a good job, Dark Side. Just trying- I tell you, they've come a long ways, man. Oof. Those wrap-up shows. Of, I remember I was on one, one of the first ones. Yeah, and they were bad. Was it that bad? They were do pretty we bad. Another, can I get on another one now that they're that they're better? And yes. Will be better this time? Yes, I have a long list I just put together <laughs> the other day. I thought I had you on another one. Have I not? No. Oh wow, I suck. Okay. No, I, I filled in for my counterpart one day when he was when oh. you couldn't get a hold of him for about yep. ten minutes. But okay, I got you, man. I'll put you on the list. Um, <laughs> the next two are booked already, but I will get you on the list, and we'll definitely do it, Dan. But I need to let you go. So, I need. I know you got to go. Um, yeah, I got to get my kid. Yeah, man. Thanks for having some time for us. And uh, you guys, go check out DCMX Tools on Instagram. Follow Dan Colvin, and of course, Main Event Moto. Thanks, Dan. Yep. All right, guys. You got a good one, Dark Side. Thanks, bud. You too. See ya. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks to Dan for coming on. Uh, We will take a commercial break and be back with Jeremy Martin. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, Blood Lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust Blood Lubricants in our machines, so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their Chain Lube, Two-Stroke Premix, PolyClean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show. Scotty T here from the Moto X Pod Show with another fantastic product from Burn Motorsports. It's Shock Socks, the number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes having leaky fork seals. With Shock Socks, you can protect your fork seals from the crap at the track in a matter of 10 seconds. Fork seals can be expensive and take away from your ride time, so fight the crime of grit and grime with Shock Socks. Check your local dealer or go to the BurnMotorsports.com webpage 
Also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So go out and make sure to get your pair of shock socks today. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom-painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom-painted helmets tricked out, and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, Extreme Colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom-painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998, and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you, too, can have a custom-painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. We're back, boys, and our uh, our first guest of the night is going to be brought to you by Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID. Hit them up at Berm Lords on Instagram, graphics at bermlords.com if you want sick graphics like I'm running, even though Mathis made fun of them. They're still badass. Or if you want your jersey IDs done, they can take care of it at Berm Lords. Before we introduce our guest, just so you guys know, Scotty T is on the line with me, so he's going to be involved in this interview. But tonight, Berm Lords brings us from Star Racing Yamaha, the number six, Jeremy Martin. What up, J Mart? Hey, guys. What do you know? Not a lot, man. Like we were just saying off the air, trying to stay warm and uh, enjoying. The kids are enjoying the snow we have right now. Um, it's It's pretty cool. I'm sure you grew up with this kind of stuff, but, um, Hey dude, you're going racing this weekend. How you feeling? Uh, I feel good, man. I, um, you know, I, this off season, uh, was a little bit different as far as like where the outdoor season ended and mm-hmm. kind of how, how things are going now. But, um, you know, I'm, I've definitely logged some, a lot of laps on the star Yamaha now. So it's just for me at this point, it's just time to go racing and see, see how I stack up, see how the chips fall down. And, um, uh, yeah, just kind of learn, learn from exposing myself to a racing situation. Now, when we talked to you a few months ago, I don't think you'd been on the bike, but a couple weeks maybe, and mm-hmm. you, it was every bit as fast as you remembered. And I think you even said a little bit faster. Um, you still in love with this thing? Yeah, man, I tell you, it's pretty dang fast. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I'm riding, I'm like, holy shit, like come out of a turn and the yeah. front will kind of willy coming into the face sometimes. So it's a bit of an adjustment as far as that. Um, but yeah, just, uh, the bike is, it, it's definitely fast. So, uh, there's no excuses there. Um, I thought the Geico bike was fast, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, super cross. It's not as much quite about the engine. It's more about chassis and just sure. being able to ride really fast for 15 minutes plus one lap on a pretty kind of hammered super cross track. But it's really important to get that start. And we've seen your teammates, Christian Craig and Colt Nichols, pulling a bunch of them. So, I mean, that that's the uh, that's probably at least 50% of a Supercross race, getting that start. Yeah, definitely. I mean, now, I mean, look at the 450 class. I mean, isn't it crazy how many good guys are in it? And it's just like, uh, it's just becoming like, Kenny's just been ripping whole shots, you know? And he's probably been the consistently the best guy when it comes to the main event to getting a good start and putting himself in a, good position to kind of manage the race absolutely um all right so are you the favorite um i listen i read an article that you did with weege a few months ago maybe when you first got on the team and you kind of opened up and said hey i know i have to win 
Um, it's what's expected, you know, I mean, but are you the favorite and do you feel like to some extent your future on a 450 is on the line? Yeah, absolutely. My future for a 450 is on the line. Um, it's basically all, if I'm being honest, it all hinges off supercross. I'm, I'm, I mean, I haven't had any talks with any other teams, but, um, people know that I'm, I'm really good outdoors and I can get her done. Um, and they're just kind of hinging and waiting to see what happens on the supercross season, I think, honestly. So that's a big deal. And then, um, as far as being the favorite, uh, I don't know if I'm the favorite, but I definitely, people probably expect me to be competing for a win or, or at least get a couple wins this year. So, yeah. um, I think that's safe to say. Um, but I mean, there's some good guys, some hungry guys um, that are getting ready to go racing this weekend. Yeah, I think there's more guys that are going to be in the hunt than maybe some people are giving them credit for. Even guys like Carson Mumford and uh, March Banks who aren't getting a lot of hype, I think they're going to be better than maybe some of us media guys are giving them credit for. At least I hope so. I hope we have a, you know, I, I'd like to see five or six guys battling for the wins. I'm sure you would like to win every race, obviously, but for the series – I think there's going to be a lot of, of fast guys and it's going to be more competitive than the, than the East has been. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Like I remember looking at the coast originally and I was like, dang it, man, this, yeah. um, this East coast looks pretty, pretty, um, pretty strong, you know? And then it was just like crazy. It was just all of a sudden one guy goes down and he's beat up and he's trying to race. And then, you know, Forkner goes down, he's hurt. And then RJ's hurt. It was just Oseman, like, boom, yeah. boom, boom. it was like, man, what the, what's are they building the tracks different this year <laughs> what's going on right yeah i agree uh scotty what you got man um yeah so uh, on the last time we talked a little bit about you know just uh, gaining perspective and you know learning a lot and uh i just kind of wanted to you know we can always learn something new i just wanted to see like this off season what have you learned new on or off the bike that kind of gives you more confidence and that maybe a new little trick that you're using to carry you into the season uh, I guess just more of more maturity and, and just race craft of kind of having a general idea of what to expect. I mean, a lot of the tracks that are built like for practice during the week, you get really comfortable. You look, you do your sections, you break the track down, you do your motos and you try to ride with different people and expose yourself to different situations. But a lot of the times, like at the test track, it's I'm riding with some really good guys and um, we all kind of take relatively the same lines. And then when you show up on race day, the tracks aren't, they're put together in a hurry. They're definitely dirt works has like their own way, unique way of building the tracks. They're a lot They're Instead of like building the, like at the test tracks or somewhere here, they'll put like a mounted, like a pad of dirt and they build like the transitions off the, off the ground. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the stuff that you see on race day is built off like the stadium floor. So it doesn't have like the smooth transitions and stuff like that. So, and then you get a lot of guys out there practicing, trying to throw down fast lap times and they take a lot of different lines. So I think that's probably the biggest thing I would say that um, I've really kind of paid attention to this year, as far as like um, setting the bike up, not just for the practice track, but also just being focused on race day, you know? That's interesting. I've never heard that uh, about the, the way the tracks, the, that difference in the way the tracks built. Never really thought about it. That's that's pretty interesting. Um, you mentioned everybody taking the same lines at the practice track, which made me think of something that I've thought of before, but never really asked. Um, I've got a buddy that has trained riders out here in East Texas. He's a local pro rider, and he's real big on 
taking unusual lines in practice and just, you know, using the whole track, right? This track, the tracks are wide, especially outdoors. Um, do you ever make yourself get out of the main line and just try different things t- just because in the race that may have to happen? Yeah, for sure. So there's, there's times that like I'll practice like an awkward section or, um, if I'm well, relatively comfortable and the conditions permit itself, I will move around. But then there's times where sometimes you don't, you kind of know it's sketchy over there or whatever. So you don't really want to take the risk at the same time. Sure. Like you only go there if it's necessary to, to make a pass, a pass or whatever, because when you're logging a lot of laps and you're, you're kind of like in your so-called boot camp, sometimes that can kind of, you know, you can hit something a little bit different or you're not as sharp because you've been training so hard and doing some volume. So you don't want to, um, you know, you obviously, like you said, you do want to expose yourself and take different lines, but you got to be a, a little bit careful about that at the same time too. Yeah, definitely. I just, I thought that, you know, you see that in the, the, um, Instagram videos, the Insta bangers as the kids call them. And, you know, it's just, you see that one burn in line at the test tracks. And I don't feel like that is, then you go racing, you know, and it's just so different. Like you have to be able to adjust. So that's cool that you do try to do that. Um, I want to ask you when it comes to racing, you're a guy, it seems like that kind of needs to make your competition, your rival, uh, whether you have to build up a, a rivalry in your head or whatever. I mean, am I wrong there? Like, do you, is it easier for you to race somebody if you don't like them? Uh, I mean, I think it's always, it's always a little bit easier. I think if you have a little bit of a grudge, you know, or you kind of find something, um, you know, whatever, whatever it takes to kind of, to beat the guy. I mean, obviously Mm. we're both competing for the same thing. There's a lot of money on the line too. So, um, I, 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 you know, for example, like I love, I love Alex, he's my brother and, you know, we, we grew up together and stuff like that, but, um, I'll, I, I just like to ride race people, you know, if they race me clean, I'll race them clean, you know? And I think, that's a big thing for me. And like with Alex, I mean, obviously I, uh, if I come up on him, there's still some, even though he's my brother, I still want to kind of beat him. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> bad, you know? Yeah. Probably more so. I, I, I mean, that's how I am. Like Scotty and I, well, Scotty and I don't really race, but we have a group of buddies that were in the same class and you're like, I would much rather beat my buddies than anybody else. I could be next to last as long as my buddies last. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you mentioned Alex, <laughs> um, is it easier to have him on the same coast as you? So you guys, so you have your brother there or would it be, do you kind of, would it be better if he was racing East or does it even matter? I guess it, it doesn't really matter anymore. I mean, maybe when I was younger in my rookie season or whatever, it was like, I think just having him and, uh, on the same coast would be more of a comfort now, you know, mm-hmm. um, back then. But now like for me, I've been around for a while and stuff like that. So it's cool that we're going to race, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, he's, you can tell he's pretty confident right now. He's feeling pretty good. So he's been talking some shit to me. And oh, yeah. I've been talking some shit to him. So um, I'm, I'm ready to see. Uh, he says he's quite a bit faster, you know, looking <laughs> at his old lap times from the Suzuki to the Yamaha. So we'll see, I guess, this Saturday. Well, we know that uh, Mathis is on the troll train. The Moto X Pod show is going to get on the J-Mart train. So we'll see what's up with that. <laughs> Scotty, what what you got, man? Um, yeah, so I, I just kind of want to talk to us a little bit about uh training so we talked about the difference between practice track and the racetrack but not only that you have the difference in heart rate and like you can't really recreate that adrenaline that you get from being in the stadium and the flames and all that how, how do you train for that that heart rate and if, can you effectively lower your heart rate once you feel it getting high 
Uh, I mean, I guess you, I, I suppose you could, you could kind of help. I don't know about necessarily lower it, but I guess just knowing that when you're in the air, like, um, knowing to relax your hands, to, to relax your shoulders a little bit or to, to breathe, you know, I think that's an important thing. Like, like kind of like we're saying, I was saying like at the test track, we log a lot of laps. So when you do your motos, like I, I always feel like the first couple motos of the year, like in the fall on Supercross, I'm holding on tighter. Um, they're pretty, they're tough because it's such a high heart rate. But then as I start to get more comfortable with logging laps, um, it gets easier and easier because I'm more relaxed as I'm doing it. Right. So like on race day, a big thing is, is getting the track. It's an all new track. Um, they get rough and just knowing to kind of stay relaxed and, and telling yourself to breathe is a big thing on race day. Cause I mean, you know, uh, like you said, the intensity is higher. So, um, you know, and the heart rate's probably going to get more jacked because there's a lot more on the line. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the past, you know, you've, you've worked with Eli a little bit or went to his place and trained and you've kind of talked about not doing, you know, like you're not working with Swanee, correct? No. Yeah. No, you're doing your own deal. So why is that better for you? Is that just a mental thing to, or is it, you know, like to kind of hide a little bit of what you're doing or, or is it you know, just kind of explain that, I guess. Yeah. So for me, I think uh, the biggest thing is, is, you know, I'm, I'm 27 now and I've worked with a lot of really good guys over the years. I've been at the Carmichael farm. I mean, I've done, you know, I've Shannon Nide, he's a, he's a local Texas guy, yep, you know, yep. I've worked with him or I've had a school with Matt Walker over the years and I've trained at Tomax and, you know, I've been down to Claremont, Florida and rode down there. And I've just been so many places. I think that, um, for me, I was always told kind of how my dad kind of raised me. or was like, Hey, you know, you know, learn what you can. This is your education. This is your school. Um, but then, you know, apply these methods. You know, I don't think you have to always continue to work with somebody. Um, you know, obviously if it's a good relationship, go for it, you know, keep doing that. But I think for me, like I've, I've learned so much over the years and I'm, it's not like I need someone to get me to get out of bed and Hey, you need to go for a run this morning and yeah, you yeah. need to do this many laps. So I think for me, it's just, um, I've learned a lot from a lot of different people and I kind of know what I like and what works for me. And I just, you know, stick to my guns and do, do, you know, I don't like to be around a whole lot of people. Um, and I just kind of do my own program. Hey, it seems to, uh, to me it's working. I mean, I know you haven't got that Supercross championship yet, but I mean, you're obviously one of the, the best riders on the planet. So, I mean, it's, it's certainly not, not working or it's not, it is working, whatever, however I'm trying to say that this seems to be working for you. Um, Something else I want to ask you about that article with Weege is you made the comment that Geico was like family and Star was a business decision. Um, does that feeling still hold true or have have you grown, you know, has the Star family grown to be a more, little bit more of a family or is it still sort of uh, it's just business, I'm going to work and that's it? Uh, it's, it's, it's gotten better. You okay. know, obviously it's, um, it's still, to me, it's still business, you know, yeah. um, uh, I really like Will Hahn and like, you know, a couple guys in the team and stuff like that, you know, but, um, well, I mean, let's be honest guys. It's pretty tough to, to like with Geico, I had multi multiple, a multi-year deal and all that stuff. Right. And, um, yeah, they, they, ev how everyone worked together and how, uh, the atmosphere was, was definitely different okay. and it felt more family oriented. This is definitely where, um, you know, Bobby Reagan's pretty gnarly 
we, we want you guys to win. You know, he really pushes you that way and keeps you on your toes all the time. Um, and then I'm, I'm on a one-year deal right now. So, and I know that uh, my kind of career is on the line right now. So I guess you could say it, there's definitely a little bit more, more uh, as far as it feels more businessy, you know? Yeah. Is Derek still, Dwyer still your, your guy, your wrench? Yep. Oh, old Derek, call him old Slim Shady. He's still my guy. And <laughs> okay, good. He's, he's ready to go racing. So we're, I uh, bet. we're chomping at the bit. Dude, I can't wait to see Derek at Dallas. I mean, I know we're not really allowed to talk, but at least I can give him the metal horns or something when I walk by and maybe <laughs> maybe throw a couple donuts at him. But, uh, yeah. Um, Scotty, you got anything else, buddy? Um, no, just want to wish you good luck, man. I'm, I'm pulling for you, and I'm ready to see you have that number one plate at the end of the season. Yeah, I appreciate that, guys. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we can see. I'm pretty eager to go racing just to kind of see how – Obviously, I raced in Salt Lake City, and I kind of saw how there was no fans and how the yeah. protocols of the COVID stuff were. But I'm really excited to see how it is this year. I hear that there's some fans allowed. Oh but, yeah, um, yeah. And there's people that are allowed in the pits, but I guess it's like like walking down a row, and you're ex you're so far away. And I guess it's definitely a weird setup. It's different. I was at all the Houston rounds, and they, uh, you know, just like when people go through the autograph line, you have the, the little chain ropes up to keep people back from the tents. And a lot of the teams are running the windows on the tents. Um, Star was doing that at, at Houston. Um, they're just, you know, your guys aren't really allowed to go out and talk to anybody. So it's pretty much just people walking by and staring at you. Um, yeah. yeah. We're, as media, we're not allowed to do any interviews on site at all. It's all done through zoom. Wow. So it, it's kind of difficult, which is why we has stopped going to most of the races and, um, Steve is still, he's in Orlando and I don't think he's doing all of them now though. He may change his mind. I don't know, but yeah, it's just, there's really no reason for media to be there because you can't get the content. And, um, as far as the fans go, some of them were a little disappointed at the Houston rounds because they couldn't get close. And at that time they had pushed the fan entry into the stadium till later in the day from normal. So they were also missing the first couple rounds of practice um, so, but they, they fixed all that Feld's working on it, but, um, it's, it's definitely not the same. It's a little bit, uh, lackluster, I guess, compared to what we're used to, but yeah. it's still better than Salt Lake city where there was no fans and no interaction elite, yeah. you know, it, they're doing what they can, man. I mean, it's, you're, you're going to be stoked when the, you know, the, you walk, you ride into the stadium, it may be quarter full, full, but they're still loud as hell. It, yeah, yeah it cool. still felt it's it still felt like a race. Like yeah. you, once the racing was going inside the stadium in your seat, it still felt good. So y'all be yeah. having fun. Yep. Hey, that'll be cool. My last question for you um, is what what would you say to the people that say you're not good at Supercross? <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, I get it, but no, uh, no. I mean, I, I, Hey, I, I, I gotta say guys, I'm pretty, I'm pretty dang good at it. Like obviously <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I failed to qualify whatever the first couple of years or whatever, but, um, dang it, man, you gotta admit I've improved, I've improved heaps over the years and, um, man, I'm, I'm pretty competitive. I think on any, yes. on, on any night, you know, it's a ridiculous <laughs> statement. It's, I mean, you've won races, you've gotten what third in the series a couple of times. What, I, I, what's your best finish in the series? Third? Yeah, I think my best series is third. And yeah, I, I would have had second, but I, I just jacked up uh, uh, a race one year. And right. It was, yeah. yeah it was but you're crazy. not good at it. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not good That's at ridiculous. it. 
I'm not good at it, but anyway, <laughs> that's keyboard warriors for you, man. But Jeremy, man, I, uh, I really appreciate you having some time for us. Um, look forward. We'll see you in Dallas. Even if we can't talk, we'll, uh, we'll, like I said, we'll wait, we'll walk by and yell at you or something. Heck yeah. Well, I appreciate being on the show guys. Thanks for having me. And, uh, we'll see y'all soon. Okay, buddy. Take care. Thanks. Yep. See you. All right. That's Jeremy Martin. Uh, Scotty, pretty good interview. Yep. Um, he's, he's the man. I know I've, well, you mentioned it before. I really like, uh, watching his career and, and I really think, I mean, he's my pick. I mean, he has to be, if he's not one of your picks, then yeah, then, he's, well, what are we doing here? He's definitely, um, I think he's the favorite. I think he's still the guy I'm picking, but I, I expect Hunter to be pretty damn good. And I expect Justin Cooper, even though, you know, he's coming off an injury. I just don't see him being off the, the, the step. Like, I think he's going to be on, I think he'll be on the podium pretty much this, I, this I could, weekend. I could see Cooper doing kind of what Colt Nichols is doing though at the same time. Yeah. Surprising everybody. Cause he's not, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just kind of having the speed and just kind of dominating. I mean, you could see that too, but I, I think Jeremy's the guy going into it for sure. Yeah. I, I again, I've said earlier, I mean, I think March banks is going to be good. Um, you know, there's a few other guys. I'm looking at the list right here. Uh, let's see here. Styles Robertson, we don't really know what to expect out of. Jalik Swole, I expect big improvements from. And I said this earlier with Dan, uh, Toolman Dan was on earlier. It, maybe it's just because I really have become to like him from his interviews on Pulp. But I think I think Jalik's going to be good. Um, let's see. And then Carson Mumford, man. I expect big things out of Carson also. And then Alex, dude. There's just there's guys that and Cameron McAdoo could could easily be a podium guy. There's a lot of guys, just like yeah. we said, going into the East Coast that should be very competitive. It's not going to be a walk in the park. No, yeah, the the, the third through seventh battle is going to be nuts, if it, as long as everybody stays healthy. And hopefully we don't get plagued with it like we did in the first coast. No kidding. Um, all right, man, you got anything else? We'll take a little break. If not, before Ryan Dungey, but you got anything else? Um, man, I'm just... Just trying to fill my feet. That's all I'm doing right now, dude. It, yeah. So you haven't been able to go to work, right? No, we've been we've been. I haven't drove my truck since Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I drove around a bunch today when I got called out. Then I actually tried to drive. I guess it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Right after it really hit. Was today Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. So Monday morning, I thought, oh no, big deal. I'm just gonna back my truck out and I'm gonna go to the store. Nope. nope. I backed out into the middle of our road. Um, and then the truck was just stuck because there was the, the snow. My truck is, it's a small F one fifty, and, yeah. and it just, it was too light, man. It got the snow packed behind the tires and in front of the tires and it just sat there. Wouldn't go anywhere. And then I tried to get my yeah. van out of the driveway, my three quarter ton van, and it didn't want to go anywhere. So I was stuck pretty much yesterday. Yeah, dude, I haven't, I haven't even tried. Oh. It's, it's carnage. It's carnage out here, man. Right. Well, we we ended up getting into going to Amber's family's house yesterday, and the kids were like, we were pulling them in a kayak behind a side by side, and yeah, you know, down the county roads. I, uh, I I walked to the grocery store about a mile and a half, and I I saw four or five trucks of people with snowboards and and lids of trash cans and all kinds of stuff. Everybody was out there. Yeah, yeah. It was all, you can yeah. tell we don't see it very often. Exactly. Yeah, Amber took the girls to the high school, which has a big hill today, and there was people out there in like, you know, bins, like bins that you would store stuff in, and and all kinds of stuff, whatever you could find, having a blast because it's again, it's not what we normally see. Um, yeah, right. it would be kind of funny to see uh, guys like uh, Jamar and our next guest Ryan Dungey 
see everybody here freak out about the snow, they'd probably get a pretty good chuckle out of it. Cause it's, yeah, it's, yeah. this is just a, this is just a, tu- uh, another Tuesday for them. Exactly. Yeah. This is like, <laughs> they would laugh at this, but, uh, we don't have plows yeah. and snow chains and all that good stuff. So no, 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 no. Um, but I, I've never seen negative temperatures in East Texas. Nope. That's the first time I've ever seen it. Yeah. You can feel it. Even my house, like I'm in my living room and my feet are frozen. Well, I'm in the studio, which you know does not have central heat. So yeah, I'm sure you're. How many layers you got on? <laughs> uh, I'm actually just in one shirt, but I have the little heater next to me going. So oh, okay, yeah, that's uh, something. Let's take a, a commercial break. We'll be back with Ryan Dungey. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait, what? What was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No, no, it's not. It sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, higher rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at williamsmotoworks that's williamsmoto and then w-e-r-x at gmail.com Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Fly Racing is back on board with the Moto Pod show for 2021. What can we say that you don't already know? In 2020, Fly revolutionized the helmet game with the Formula Helmet. For 2021, they brought us the Formula CC with the same Rion technology and a tri-weave composite shell at a fantastic price point. Fly Racing also released the new light pant with a boa in the front. Visit flyracing.com to see everything Fly Racing has to offer from the moto, street, BMX, water, and even mountain bike lines. Once you try Fly Racing, you'll see why riders like the 2020 motocross national champion Zach Osborne, as well as Blake Baggett, gold medalist Connor Fields, and even the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw, trust Fly Racing. There simply is no better. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entercamp. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto X Pajo Senya. What's up, boys? We are back with our uh, our next guest. I am very, very excited about first-timer, but he's brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Whether you race motocross, supercross, side-by-sides, or even sprint cars, Blood Lubricants has the oil for you. Visit bloodlubricants.com and use promo code MOTOX. Please use that so we can beat Kiefer because that's what we want to do. We want to beat Kiefer. But anyway, tonight, Blood Lubricants brings us nine-time supercross and motocross champion, Ryan Dungey. Dude, what is up? <laughs> Not too much. Just enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, man. You... um. You've been busy lately making the rounds. We saw you uh, on TV. 
Um, dude, you're you're just making the rounds. Like you're, it's almost like you're back. Well, yeah, not not exactly. No, but it's been <laughs> fun, actually. Yeah, to your point. Um, yeah, we actually just got back to from Florida today. Yeah, uh, we're back in Minnesota, so back in cold, but. Yeah, it was it was awesome. We um, we uh, kind of spur of the moment last week. We saw the you know temperatures dropping, and yeah. me and my wife were like, "Let's let's uh, let's head to Florida." And, and uh, you know, obviously, we have a daughter now, so we had a bunch of stuff planned, and we got to take her to uh, Disney World and yep. you know Sea Sea World, and uh, we actually yep, the race was in town in Orlando, so we got to check that out as well. So that was fun. So just a just a fun week. It was it was really uh, really enjoyable. So was it just a coincidence that Supercross was going on at that time, or was that part of the decision? Well, gosh, we had been talking about this, making a trip to Florida for probably a month. And um, we just, just hadn't finalized it yet. You know, the, the tough part is we got a young daughter. Yeah, she's, yeah. My Harper's, she's 20 months old, so it's not crazy young, but it's like we haven't really done a big trip with her yet. So we didn't really, you know, you don't want to upset the, the, uh, the program. But anyway... We were like, all right, let's go for it. We're just going to do it. But we did, when we were talking about it previously, we were talking about going around the time when Orlando was in town just to go check out a race and okay. see everybody, cool. you know? So, cool. yeah, yeah. So it worked out good. Yep, yep. Well, let's uh, let's talk about your new venture, um, RD Coffee, at RD yeah. underscore coffee on Instagram. Uh, you know, like, oh, we're, anybody that listens to our show is a huge Pulp listener. So we, we heard you on Pulp, but... Um, the decision to start a new business, one, especially at this time, is scary. Um, was it something you always want to do is get into a, a business of some sort or give us the background on that? Yeah, I mean, so since I can remember, gosh, when I was 19, 20, um, I always wanted to start a business. That was just something that I always had a you know passion for, a dream of doing. My, my grandpa had started a business and uh, my dad was involved with it. And I just thought one day it'd be cool. So you know, long story short, um, once I, I, I thought about coffee was something I was really passionate about all through my racing career. You know, it's something I always wanted to get involved in. I didn't be just because like racing was, you know, that was like the, the focus. And, mm -hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of times you don't really want to venture off and do all these other things. And then it's pulling your energy different ways. So it's like, I just put it off until racing was done. So, um, but after racing, I really kind of dived in deeper, got, you know, kind of, did all the research and the studying and, and just learned a lot more, uh, you know, and then I, you know, I, I already knew a good bit, but I had to kind of get more in the details. So, um, a couple of years later, you know, and just this past year, it was, um, March, I really started, you know, diving deeper and getting everything set up. Um, but to your point, yeah, for sure. It's like, okay, well, yeah, these are scary times to start a business. And so sure. I always, and I told, I said a lot, but I always thought I was like going to do a coffee shop or something like that. But I was like, you know what? Um, I'm just going to focus on roasting and I don't have all that overhead. I didn't have all that risk. And yeah. it just was, you know, I get to roast coffee and, and, you know, you know, it's high quality specialty coffee. It's, you know, top of the line, um, the highest grade out there. So it's like, it's, you know, I get to roast it. I get to pick my origins, multiple origins, whatnot. And then, you know, get to share it with everybody. And I thought that was an awesome starting point, you know? And so that was you know, that was in June, June 1st, we launched to the public and, um, it's, it's been awesome ever since. I mean, the community, the motocross community, especially been, especially has been super supportive and it's just been a fun venture and just yeah. getting to know a lot of people and, you know, a lot of stories, a lot of uh, people interested in coffee and just people, um, meeting them along the way. So it's, it's been an awesome venture and, 
been putting putting a lot of time into it. Yeah, it sounds like a passion project, which makes it just that much more special. And didn't doesn't your uh, your big time competitor uh, Villapoto doesn't he have a like a coffee business like a like you were talking about a, a, like a drive through type thing or something out in the West Coast? Yeah, you know I don't know. Okay. Uh, I do re- I do remember that um, when I was racing that I thought they had it was like a drive through like yeah. a little mini drive drive through stand and I I don't know if they have it or not yet. I don't know if that's that's uh, they're they're yeah, I don't think they still do, but yeah, they, they very well could. But That's yeah. just funny that you guys both kind of got into coffee. Um, <laughs> yeah, Scotty, well, Scotty, you got anything on the on the coffee deal? Uh, yeah, do you? Uh, is there ever any benefit in, in roasting? I mean, not roasting, um, in growing the plants yourself, or is it just is it not worth it to try to invest that much? No, no. So we we get all of our greens from uh, through cafe uh, cafe imports is actually what the company's called. But yeah, so they do all the sourcing. It's you know it's responsibly sourced and um, it's it's organic. It's you know it's specialty coffee, so it's the highest grade of coffee available out there. So which is nice. All that legwork's done, and yeah, making sure the farmers get taken care of and all that good stuff. But yeah, right now that's that's where we're going through, and so. Um, which they have multiple origins. Yeah, you you talked about being able to pick the coffee yourself, and I, I'm telling you right now, Ron, I don't know a lot about coffee, but I was reading some stuff, and like some of the beans are from Guatemala and Brazil. I mean, it's it's not like you just drive a couple states over and you pick some here and there. Like this is no. massive research done by probably yourself and other professionals. I don't know how the process works, but it's not like it's not just a simple, easy project, I wouldn't think, or process. No, well, it, uh, when you get into it, you're, you're, you kind of don't know what you're in for, but, um, but as you, you know, it's very tedious stuff. It's, I mean, you can, I mean, the, between the roasting profile and, you know, trying to bring out the different notes and the flavors of the beans. So, you know, where do you want to stop the end temperature? Is it a light roast, medium roast, or, you know, there's so many factors. And then on top of that, yeah, you're, now you're playing around with different origins, which have, you know, you know, you know, depending on how you roast them, you, you know, they, you got to change your profile and, and tailor it to that origin, but, um, it's fun, you know, and not to mention, you know, you, the biggest, the, you know, you, you get to try origins. What I did in the beginning and as I got a, a sample, a bunch of samples of different origins, you know, so I could kind of sort through, okay, what do I like, what I don't like, and what, what I kind of found, what I thought was good. I'd share with my friends, I'd share mm-hmm. with my family and just kind of start getting direction and, okay. and kind of, and kind of so on and so on. You know, you definitely want to test it out, making sure that, that people like it. And it's not just, you know, you being kind of biased, but, um, it's just a fun process. I mean, and not to mention, you know, once you, once you kind of hit it on the nail there, you know, you get to share it with others and yeah, you yeah. know, they, it's, uh, it, the, the whole thing is just a, an awesome experience and, um, and that's, that's, that's the kind of thing with, that's what our mantra is. So the, the comp, the cop, sorry, the, uh, the mantra of the company is, you know, fill your pursuit, you know, and right. just like, yeah, cop, yeah. and you just like coffee fueled my pursuit in racing, you know, now being a dad, uh, a business owner, uh, you know, uh, everything, you know, and so whatever you're doing or whatever your passions are, or what are your, whatever pursuits you're chasing after, you know, we want to, we want to be a part of that by fueling your pursuit. So with our coffee, so it's, uh, it's fun. We want to share it with others. Yeah, I like it. And I think anybody that had followed your career knows anything about you knows that you don't do anything half-ass. So yeah. it's going to be yeah. good. It's going to be the best. And uh, it's going to be something that you're going to put your, you know, even even like with the, the Geico thing, which we're not going to get into that, but like it was something that you wanted to do and maybe it didn't go, it wasn't going exactly 
how you wanted it. And like, you're not going to be, I feel like you're not going to be a part of something that you don't believe in wholeheartedly and can have, you know, your say in like, that's just, I mean, from what I gather from you, you like you, you know how you want things to be done and you're going to work your butt off to make them done, have them done properly. Yeah, no, and that's, you're, you're right. I mean, for sure. If they're, if we're going to do it, we've got to do it yeah. right. You know, there's no, there's no other way. So, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, so who, who in the industry has been the worst by hitting you up for coffee, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> no, people, people have been pretty good. I mean, it's okay. not like we're talking, not like we're talking about a, uh, a thousand dollar exhaust system. Or sure, something yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, we're, we're talking coffee that's under 20 bucks, but, uh, Still. you know, for sure. We, I definitely take, you know, um, got a lot of good friends out there and, you know, even the beginning, you know, we sent a bunch <laughs> of coffee out to some riders and I get hit up every now and again, but yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's what it is. It's good. It's sure. good though. I'm happy to share it. All yeah. right. Well, I told you at the beginning of this, um, before we started recording that we want to do things a little differently. We have a ton of listener questions. A couple of them are about RD coffee. Um, we have a, a listener that's been very supportive of our show over, over in Australia. Everybody knows him as mouse or not mouse moose mouse is another guy that listens to us, but moose. <laughs> and he wants to know if your coffee is available, any kind of gift pack with different flavors so that he can order some and have it shipped to Australia. Yeah. So right now, uh, we are working on kind of a gift package okay. uh, for the, to launch in the near future, uh, kind of a variety of, of each of the blends or, and roasts. But right now, uh, that, that is, you know, long-term, yes, we want to be able to kind of ship it. We want to ship internationally for sure. Right now we're just focused on building a, you know, strong foundation and we yeah. are, we are in the U S only right now. Um, but you know, with, with the goal, in the in the you know future to to be able to expand into other countries absolutely sure. um and that was another question i don't think i have this one in my notes but one of our listeners wanted to know like is this something that you would like to keep small and fairly where you can be much more involved with it or would you like it to see long term be a global huge company if it could be um i think you know, my vision for this thing has always been um, definitely want to grow it, of course, and mm-hmm. expand as much as we can without, you know, sacrificing the quality. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things I always want to maintain. You know, I'd ever, I always want to be able to grow. Um, and yeah, of course, if it's globally, whatever it is, you know, I'll definitely want, this is something I'm going to, you know, put a lot of effort behind and, you know, hopefully years to come, keep growing it into a, a big business and, and doing a lot of good with it as well. But, I don't want to sacrifice the quality. I always want to be able to maintain that and do whatever and do all that we can to, to, to keep that not compromising the taste or, you know, um, you know, even, even to the point where we're, you know, buying, uh, um, lower grade beans, you know, I want to, I want to, I guess I want to maintain the highest standard and it's a, it's a premium, uh, coffee, coffee company. I think that's smart, man. Um, all right, let's get into some of these questions. Um, first one is from a friend of mine is actually my buddy's wife, Kylie pool, Ryan, she loves you. Um, so like if, if, you know, something ever happens and you become single, Kylie, (laughs) Kylie will almost definitely leave muscle Mark pool. Um, if you're available, but she was super excited. Um, she wants to know, do you have any plans for any one-off races? Oh gosh. I, as far as two wheels, I don't. Okay. Um, as of right now, uh, we do, we do have that motor car fight club coming yeah. up, which 
I'm not sure if um, she's probably asking more two wheels, but she probably doesn't care as long as she could watch <laughs> you do something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So right now we got that motor car fight club coming up, which is, I'm pretty excited about. We're going to, uh, that's going to, yes, that's right around the corner yeah. here at the end of the month, the 25th of February. So yeah, we're doing everything we can to get ready. I mean, obviously a lot of these guys have a lot of time on dirt experience on dirt, you know, Ricky and McGrath, Egan. So I got, I got my work cut out for me, but it's going to be fun. I think it's just going to be fun to get back into some form of competition racing. I mean, I, I miss that incredibly. So um, it'll be nice to kind of, uh, you know, put out, uh, or, or get out there and, um, race with these guys. Yeah, absolutely. All right. James Borman wants to know, um, something that you miss the most and least about racing competition <laughs> sounds like the most probably. <laughs> well, I honestly, uh, for sure. I miss the competition, but I also, I, I really enjoyed, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, there, there's a lot of people, you know, uh, gosh, through, you know, through the years, the, the people that you're with, like, I miss the, I miss the, the relationships and getting to hang out with everybody. I mean, the, the, the day to day, you know, when I was going to the practice track and, you know, it was Eldon and, you know, the guys and, you know, my, was my practice guy at the time, Joel and, and then all the way to the races, right. There's, you know, Carlos and, and the team, you know, and, and Roger and Ian, all those guys, like I, I really miss, um, you know, it's the ride, right. Mm -hmm. You know, the relationships and the time you're with them. And then, you know, even to the, you know, my wife and just, it just, you know, the stressful is all heck. And, you know, there's a <laughs> lot of nerves through it all, but it, but when you're, when it's kind of all said and done, it's like, wow, that was, that was a lot of fun, you know, yeah, it's yeah. good times. But, um, and then the least, um, you know, I, I would say the least, and, and this is not even a really a bad deal, but it's like when we're racing at 10 o'clock at night, when you're, yeah. You know, it's like you feel like you're you want to go to bed at ten o'clock. It's a long you're day. Tired, yeah. you know. It's it's just a long day. But sure. not that I didn't like it. It just was like I'd rather race at you know, you know five or six o'clock. The day it. races were good. Yeah, so, yeah. I yeah, get it. Yeah. Um, okay, Austin Tiller wants to know if you remember one of your hardest days on or off the bike, and how you dealt with it mentally or physically. Just is there a particular moment that stands out where you're like, oh, dude, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, I would think a bunch of them at, at Baker's there. Yeah. Yeah. Those were hard. Those are the hard days just physically. Um, I, I, there's a lot of them, honestly, the one that just sticks out to me only because it was such a huge learning lesson in my life, um, that I, that I was able to just, I didn't realize it at the time, but it, it helped me tremendously with, through my career was, it was actually the, the moment of, uh, the 2008 supercross championship with, with Jason Lawrence, you know, that battle. Yeah. And, and I, I was just going through this, um, mentally just hanging on to things and, and just started throwing away and riding, playing it safe, you know, and basically being afraid to fail. And it wasn't so much one day, but it was just, it was accumulated accumulation of some weeks, you know, that block call it four or five weeks that just things just fell apart. And yeah, going through it, I probably didn't handle it good. Uh, we'll say that. You know, I, I, hey, I was you're young. human. Yeah, exactly. We're human. But it just was something on the, when I got on the other side of it and was able to understand more, it was just a huge, um, it just helped me a lot just move forward and let go a little bit and, you know, find a finding a balance in my life. But but I think the biggest thing is just always trying to apply yourself the best you can and, and you know, yeah. learning 
yep, you're going to make mistakes. You're, you're going to have, you know, challenging moments in your life, but it's not a bad thing. You can, but just be able to learn from them. It's, you know, I think you have to make sure that you're, um, you go about it the right way and, you know, apply what you've learned moving forward. And, and, and the past is the past, you know, you got to let go of it and move forward too. Absolutely. So. Scotty, you got a question? Um, yeah. So I kind of was just prelude to saying that, you know, I've watched your whole career. We're kind of close to the same age and man, you've really just given a blueprint for anybody coming up to just how to be a good person on the, off the track and how to be a competitor on the track. And, you know, you, I mean, your career speaks for itself with your results, but I just kind of wanted to ask what maybe what your favorite race was. And some of the ones that I was thinking of was I thought your battle with uh, Poto and Reed in the 2011 outdoors was awesome. Um, when you beat mm-hmm. him in Minneapolis and 13, that was awesome. And then obviously your, uh, your, your Tomac fiasco in 17 in Vegas. So <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe those not, might not even be one of them, but I just, those are the ones I think of. Yeah, well, I think the Vegas one was a sigh of relief, like, uh, you know, we, we, but which was a good one. That was a hard fought one. But honestly, the one you said, the one that sticks out to me is just, it was just a, on the track, it, it was a, just a, one of the best rides of my life. And not to mention with Villa Poto. Villa Poto, we always, we always raced each other clean and it was just kind of, which made it fun. You know, it definitely was tough, but, but it's always nice when you can race somebody without having to look over your shoulder, if you're going to get taken out. But that was Minneapolis, um, 2013. Um, he got up front a little bit and I was able to kind of, you know, uh, eat, you know, get, get close to his rear fender and make the pass with a few laps to go. And so that was good. But then just being in the home state and the crowd, and I just still today, I just never have, I haven't heard a crowd that loud for mm. that long in a race. And yeah, it just, I remember it just was, yeah, it just, it just was like, gives you goosebumps, you know, it's just such a fun, you know, you know, I think it was, uh, one of my favorite races of my career, but just kind of, um, yeah, one of those memories I'll never forget, especially being in your home state. It's, you got to remember growing up there, like that was the, the, it was the Metrodome at the time. That's where I'd go watch the Supercross guys. So to be <laughs> yeah, able to yeah. kind of, you're sitting there as a kid, right? Like, yeah, I hope I'm, I'm hope I'm going to be there one day. And then, and then, you, you know, this night, you know, who would have ever thought, right? So just kind of a surreal moment still. I know. go I go to my mind instantly went to wasn't it Southwick where you missed the gate but oh, barely yeah. made the first lap and like that was I thought that was his favorite. <laughs> oh no, but that was just like what a ride, man. What a ride. Yeah. God. Yeah. No, that those those that that one too, I man. So Gosh, many that was stressful. Yeah, yeah, but so many. Um yeah, who's coming down the sidewalk with the Sliding out the bike in the in the pits, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think if it was five, maybe ten seconds later, and the guy would have come across yeah, the finish line, it was I close. wouldn't have. I would have been DQ'd. I wouldn't have been able to. Yeah, so it was um, so it was, close. Yeah, yeah. All right, I got a, a few more. Uh, um, this one's for me, and I probably should ask your wife. But with your <laughs> with your um, personality of being so in, right, all in mentally everything and your your work ethic um did you ever drive her crazy oh gosh i still i still do <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect that's all yeah I need. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i get it yeah man. I, she uh she i think she, she she's the one that's gonna she tells me that she's like i know you you know you're when you do something you're gonna go all in yeah i got all kinds of ideas and thoughts and dreams <laughs> and goals like Sometimes I got to pump the brakes. But sure. It's, it's, that's what, it's that's good. what a good wife does though. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a good woman. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, Craig yeah. Martin wants to know why why you think he did not sign you to Team Green because he said he missed it by about 15 minutes. Oh, man. Or maybe it was 15 hours. Yeah. I don't remember what he said, but he, he barely missed it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, uh, shoot. It's, it's, uh, well for him, that was a tough position to be in. It's yeah. not like it's honestly, yeah, that, that whole deal was crazy. Right. Like my, I, I, I only got a Suzuki ride on the, it was, there was an A level support and a B level support. My brother, Blake, uh, super talented and was just such a it was super fast at the time winning championships. And he actually got the ride. Like he was, it was a no brainer for Suzuki to pick up Blake. But here, here was me like, well, well, Hey, you know, can, can my dad, you know, like, can, can we get Ryan some support? Yeah. And they put me on the B, the B program, which is just, you know, you get, you get a discount on a lot of things, still a lot of free stuff. It's a huge help, especially, especially with how expensive uh, racing is. So it was big help to my family, but yeah, it's actually because of my brother. So I, even if Craig probably would have, you know, I don't even know if Craig was uh, maybe looking at me because it's not like I was really a guy that probably was on anybody's radar either too much. Right. So, well, Craig's yeah. a friend. So, well, let's just say that, you know, he just didn't have the eye for the talent. That's what we're yeah. doing. <laughs> no, he's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. awesome. Awesome guy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right. Let's ask a few more. I know you got some other things to do. Um, a quick one, a good friend of our show, Samantha Marie, she just wants to know what your favorite ride at Disney world was. <laughs> well, I uh, I didn't go on too many rides because with Harper we didn't. Too uh, young. Gosh, yeah. I, personally, that was my first. You know, act, that was my first time there at, at uh, Disney World for myself. Okay. So I really don't know the rides. I don't know what's yeah. out there. But me me and Harper did go on a on a Dumbo. You know, round and around we go there type go. ride, which which uh, that was good. So nice. <laughs> I would have spent all my time in the Star Wars land. That's I'm a total star wars nerd but um yeah um, yeah let's see here um okay steve hall wants to know if you were nervous going to a european brand ktm um you know because at the time they weren't one of the elite bikes or if just your confidence in roger uh made it where you knew this thing was going to be something good yeah gosh um i probably would have to say i knew i was taking a big step but it never I honestly, the, the trust that I felt like that I had with Roger and, 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 uh, and Ian, Roger DeCoster and Ian, Ian Harrison, and then the, the, uh, the support that KTM was willing to, to put out there as far as, Hey, if we needed something and how quick they could turn it around and get it to us, no matter what it was, I think that just eased my nerves and mind of things. I never, after we signed, I never thought about like, um, did I make the right decision? I, yeah. I, I know that sounds like, yeah, how do you, what do you mean? But like, I, I just, I didn't. And even how hard it was at times, like it was, it was super hard to the point where we were at each other a little bit just because yeah, it's, it's, it's racing. We're all competitive and we want to win and how are we going to get there? But we, we handled it in the right way. It just was like, I, I, I also felt like we were going to get there. And thankfully we did by that, by the time they came out the, the new, um, the new um 450 sx model um they had hit it on the nail and um yeah that the next three years were awesome so yeah it was it was a big step but yeah, yeah I also, sure I, but i also thought like i had nothing to lose either like you know i won a 450 supercross championship motocross championship the 250 like i was like okay if i didn't do anything ever again i think i needed i you know this is long-winded but i no, needed good. that 
that for me was motivation. Like I, I, I needed that motivation to, to that, the extra motivation yeah. of trying to take another brand, not just me, everybody try to take another brand to the brand of KTM and, you know, try to get to the top. Like that to me was like, I needed that motivation to keep, to drive me forward personally. Kind of like yeah. starting a new coffee company. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got two more for you. Um, uh, a listener from vital Luke 11, or maybe it's Luke 111, but I think it's Luke 11. What skill or tribute attribute as a rider do you wish you had? Oof. Is there anything that you felt like you, you know, while you're racing, you're like, oh, I wish I could do that or. Yeah. <laughs> um, man. Um, gosh, that's a, that's a tough one. Right. Um, I mean, geez, with your accomplishments, like really what, what, what would have happened if you had some other skill that you didn't have? You know, I, it's a, it's, I would have to probably say, I wish I wouldn't, uh, I, I'm so particular like that. I, if I feel something, it just, to me, it just, instead of like, like Barsha, right. It's a good, it's a good example. Barsha is a guy who probably feels something. He's like, whatever, I'm going to race this. He, the bike's dancing all over the place. He's just going to ride it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I, and I'm not saying I probably wanted to be that extreme, which none, none against anybody that I just was like, if there was a harshness in the shock that I just didn't like, like we, I, I, it would stick out and I would start thinking about it. And so a lot of later on in my career, I, I would think, I think I did a better job with it, not fully, but, but when I, when I was uh, earlier, it, I really struggled that if, um, like on the rate, when I was racing, I was almost in test mode. I wasn't getting all of the performance gotcha. out of myself. So yeah. I just wish I was more better at overlooking and just say, Hey, if it ain't working, just, you know, um, make, make it do right. Yep. Like n- you n- learn it, know what it does. Don't do this. Don't do that. But like, just, but just, um, you know, try to overlook it. Sure. Fix it another day. Yeah. yeah Daniel yeah. Blair says a lot on his show and he's talked to us that get the bike to 90% and you do the rest, figure it out, you know, get it close. It's never yep. going to be perfect. Yeah. Just get it to 90% and go. Um, all right. I have, not, a, I have oh, a quick, hold on. Sorry. I have a okay. quick question off of that. Did, did you ever like, did you ever do anything? Did you ever find a suspension setting or maybe with your rake on your horse or anything to, that allowed you to have that like kind of sit down style? Like I used, I just always thought it like, it always struck me like with your elbows up and sitting down in the corners. Like I just thought that was so smooth and I loved how you did that. Just, did y'all ever like find something that lets you do that easier? No, honestly, um, there was only two times in my whole career and I, and I, and I still can't tell you why, but, that I feel like we found a setup and like, we like literally we played around with clickers. That was it. But we had such a big window through the season that I didn't touch it. And that was in, that was in the 2010 outdoor season and then the 2015 outdoor season. And, um, but no, I honestly, I, you know, as far as just trying to, you know, have the right technique and whatnot, but it's so hard to find a setting these days, especially if you're just trying to get more and more and more out of the bike that, you know, that you're not always playing around with it. And I, I don't, you know, sometimes you hit it right on the nail and it's good. And other times you, you fight it every single week trying to, trying to get better. And that's just, that's just kind of the sport. You know? Right. All right. Yeah. Last question. We're going to let you go. Um, <laughs> our, our buddy, Nick still, he, uh, he's involved with the Moto limited show over in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. he wants to know at the end of, uh, tw- or no, where's, uh, in 2017, if Eli had won the championship, do you come back in 18? 
Yeah, I mean, this is the shoulda, shoulda, coulda, woulda game. Yeah, honestly, I, I'd like to say no. Um, I, I will say going into Vegas, my mentality was like, hey, win it or win or lose this thing. I just like, I knew I had to be okay with losing too, but I, I really wanted to win. Trust me. Of course. Me. But, but, um, like I, I just like that to me. I was either way. Whatever happened that night, I was like, I that that was my choice. I was going to walk away. Uh, or I was just, I was going to be done. Um, but in saying that it's, it's also like, if I didn't win, man, there'd always just be this, like, Oh, I need to get it. I need, you know, you, that, that fuel to get it back. Right. The, the fire to, to do it, to do it again. But I don't know. I I can't answer that. But ultimately all I can say is going into that race. Yeah. Win or lose. I was, that was my decision. What what I, what I, yeah. Well, Ryan, it's been an honor to talk to you. Uh, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I apologize to the listeners that didn't get we didn't get to their questions. Maybe we'll yeah. do this again some other time. Um, rdcoffees.com, at rd underscore coffee on Instagram. Uh, small batch precision coffee. You guys got to check it out. Go support it. It's a moto industry. We got to support our boys that uh, do outside stuff. But, Ryan, again, a privilege and honor to finally get a chance to talk to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Really enjoyed the time. Thank you. All right, Ryan. Take care. You have a good night. Stay warm. All right. You too. <laughs> you, yeah, you too. <laughs> All right. See you, bud. Thanks. Bye. All right. Scotty, what do you think, man? Oh, man. He's a legend. You know, it was, that was that was awesome. That was very surreal. I love, I, you know, that's my demographic. That's, you know. Your time? Yeah, that was my time. You know, when I was like, it's when you get to, you get to that certain age where it's like, okay, well, like, I'm the, like, that. that's where I should be. You know, like, that's. As a fan, you're like, oh, that's my that's my age, that's my guy. So watching him and, and Poto always was kind of a you know that nostalgia feel. Yeah. And I mean, and he you know he's a class act. Like that's what I was saying. He's a blueprint for anybody to to be uh, you know just a champion even outside right? of motor, or yeah. even just outside of uh, motocross, just how to be a person through that. You yeah, know, yeah, through you're that right. Experience of fame and like I just you know. Hats off to him, and that was awesome. Absolutely. All right, let's take uh, our last commercial break of the night, and we'll be back with Brady Bowers. This is Alex Martin, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. All right, we are back, and our uh, our next guest of the night is a very special one. She's going to be brought to you by our newest sponsor, Our Jerky, eatourjerky.com. You guys know it's the, the Wageman Brothers Jerky Company that helps support them get to the races, so visit eatourjerky.com. Use promo code MOTOXPOD21 to save I placed an order last night. Tonight, our jerky brings us Monster Girl Brady Bowers. What is up, Brady? Hey, y'all. I'm just studying right now. I have a test tomorrow. I'm back in school because of COVID. Oh, what are you going to school for? I'm in cosmetology school. Okay. Yeah. All right. So is that something that you just have a passion for and is a lot of fun? Or, you know, obviously, that's a dumb question. You wouldn't be doing it otherwise. Well, in um, 2012, I graduated with a dental hygiene degree, and then I moved to California, and then Florida and California have their own state standard. Oh, yes, and then, yes. Um, obviously, California has a bunch of modeling stuff. Monster, obviously, is my main income. So, you know, I just started working with Monster every weekend, more and more and more, and then I just did some, like, e-com shoots which is just like a bunch of clothing during the week so mm-hmm. it just made up for it and then covid happened and then i was like i just don't know if i could spend my time doing a nine-to-five job anymore now that i've been <laughs> i get I've been that almost 10 years sure. you know, working on my own i was like i don't know if i could go back to like requesting off or asking for time off and then having maxwell i'm like i kind of like this free schedule and then obviously with 
monster and modeling like hair and makeup is obviously something I do all the time. And yeah. my friends were like, I think you would do great at it. So I just threw myself into it and I'm actually like, I should have done this forever ago. That's cool. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I feel you on the nine to five. Cause I mean, I, I, I do that. I'm not really I'm trying to get to where I don't mention that on the show anymore. Cause it sort of sounds <laughs> unprofessional, um, about with what I'm doing. But the fact is I do have a nine to five right now. Um, and with our, I work for the city where I live and with the storm that has hit us, it's like, I get, I feel you because like we're on call right now and I keep getting called out and I'm like, Oh, I got to do the show and trying to balance it all as yeah. It's and your schedule's way more hectic than mine. But, um, so we've had you on, but it's been a while. Um, talk about again, how you got involved with monster and when you first became a monster girl, did it start out at Supercross, or was there like smaller events? Was it something you had to kind of build into? How did that work? Okay. So, um, back in 2008, no, 2007, um, this was when MySpace was big and, um, um, Kelly Louch wrote me on MySpace, me and my girlfriend. And, um, she was like, this is what I do. Monster was like just coming around. Like she didn't work for monster. She just had her own modeling agency at the time. She's like, would love to have you come work for me. Here's Daytona Supercross. But at that time I was like just 17 years old. So I couldn't work. Mm -hmm. So then in 2009, she wrote me and she's like, are you 18 yet? And I was like, I will be in like two months. And so my parents signed something for me to be like, be able to work for her. And then, um, my first event with her was boost mobile for a Yamaha team. Okay. Yeah. And wow. That was, I remember that, that was Daytona Supercross. Yep. And then I worked for, um, spike TV at or- like the last Orlando Supercross. So it's so funny being back at Orlando now knowing I worked like the last Orlando Supercross. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, um, ever since then I've just kind of been with her and then I lived in Florida for the longest time and, you know, it would work here and there, mostly arena cross stuff. And then 2012, I moved to California and then just stayed with them for everything, working every weekend. Different I mean, events. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we, we have a lot of girls. Yeah, I bet. Like I, you know, obviously I'm partial to Supercross, So it's like, we kind of have our group right over the years, whether it be you and Mercedes back in the day. And of course, Diana. And it's like, then like, Recently, I see you doing PBRA. I'm like, no, she's ours. You can't have her. Like, you- I know it was so. I mean, it was like good for me because I've I've never worked PBR. It's the only event I have not worked. Okay. And then last minute they switched to having all their events in Florida, so they're like, it's two days. So two day events is obviously more than the one day with Supercross, and they're local. So makes sense. Just, yeah, it worked easier for me and like my schedule and. You know, we have a bunch of girls that are in Texas, so it gives you know gave everyone a chance to be back to work. Are you happy though? Like, maybe you don't want to say, but are you, was, were you super excited to be back at Supercross this weekend? Oh my god, I was so happy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, even though I didn't get to see a lot of people because of COVID and like right. who they let to the track and and whatnot, like just I I've been with with Supercross for so long, ten years. So these people are, you know, my family, even though like I might not talk to them every day or, you know, see them all the time now, you know, it just is so heart like warming to see them and like you just get to catch up real quick and 
it's a little weird though. Cause you know how it is with COVID. Like yep. I can talk to you, but I gotta be six feet away from you. You're not <laughs> my bubble. So like us girls have to stay together. So it's just like, you just want to hug them, but you know, you can't, cause you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> sure, so sure. it's like, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I assume it, at Orlando, they're still sticking with like you guys aren't doing the monster party anymore. This right now or anything, right? Yeah, right now. So um, we don't do any of the pit stuff. Yeah, and then we just we just do the night show. Yeah, that's what I I, I was at all the Houston rounds, obviously, and it was kind of weird. You know, there's people up there getting their monster cans, but you know they want to see the the girls, right? I mean, come on. And it's like I was just walking through the pits, and I saw Riley, who was not working that day, I guess, because she was in civilian clothes but it was like oh, all right you're like the only monster girl i've seen and it's just kind of weird well i know and like so many people are like i'm here where are you but yeah. I'm like, oh i'm not I, I know this is like a local round for me now that i'm in florida but um i'm like we don't we don't like interact they're just trying to keep like our exposure down and so we, we just do the night show and they're like oh we just thought we were gonna see you and it's a hometown <laughs> and i'm like no Sorry. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer, but it's still like I was just telling Jeremy Martin a minute ago, who's uh, about to start racing this weekend, is it's still better than like at Salt Lake City where there's no fans at all. Like, you know, we're just a obviously the way we're wired is we always want more, but hey, we're back racing where fans are allowed in, you know, so it's it's still better than it was. Well, and that's where like I'm at. I'm like, I just. I am a total extrovert person. Just put me anywhere that there, there's, there's people. Like, <laughs> right, sure. I'm over being in my house. My daughter doesn't want to be in the house. Like, we just, we love people. We want to be out. Like, I will take just working the night part just to be feeling normal. And if I have to be six feet away from you with a mask on, like, I will do that. Absolutely. So, let me ask you this. Um, is there any hierarchy to the girls, like who gets to hold the the thirty second board? I mean, obviously back in the day that was Diana's job, but now that there's no Miss Supercross, they kind of it seems it seems random from from my point of view. But like, is there any higher hierarchy to that? Any cat fighting within? <laughs> um, no, I okay. mean, if if there's any sign of like cattiness, like we usually just like we'll all discuss it with you know Kelly, whether she's there, or she's not, she knows. Like mm-hmm. somehow she. She just knows. I mean, she's been dealing with females for a while now. Like you can just sense like when girls get along or not, but like now, and especially right now, like last weekend, we've had three girls that they've maybe worked like one or two, but they don't know the schedule. They still like, they just don't really know it maybe because they do more NASCAR or they've done more PBR. So, you know, they're local here and they're like, okay, what's going on? Like, we don't feel comfortable doing that. Mm. So we kind of go off of that. But if they're like, you know what, I would like to try that. We're like, all right, let's put you in. Like, let's do it. Let's go over it. Like we're, we're very like, all right, let's just all work together at this point because we just, we're all so excited to be back. That's cool. Um, I always, (laughs) it's going to sound goofy to say this, but like when watching on TV or at the race, I'm always like, don't fall, don't fall. Like when you're running off the track before the bikes, the gate drops, you know, whoever's holding the 30 second board, I'm like, don't trip, don't trip, don't trip. Cause that track could be slick or there's ruts or, and then you guys are out there usually in like high heeled boots or something. It's just, uh, it, it could go bad or embarrassing well, at least. Like, well, yeah. The, the ones that are like rained and then like they kind of dry out, they're still kind of wet. <laughs> yeah. Like 
the start straight, like walking across with a heat board. Yeah. I mean, I posted a meme about it the other night and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is how I felt. And it was like some girl walking on ice, but right, right. it's like your core is engaged. Like you're holding this board. You're, <laughs> you're, you're like, you know, most of the time you're trying to smile right now. It's, you know, you, we have a mask on, so you can't see that, but like, you know, you can't look down. You don't want to be looking down the whole time. You need to be looking up and confident because the cameras and you're like, my feet might wash out from underneath me. Like it's all actually like a little bit harder than what people think. Sure, like, yeah. Not just walking. And then sometimes even when it's dry and it's hard and then you got the ruts in there and then the girls that are wearing heels, you know, their feet fall in these holes and like, they got to be able to like withstand standing up in them. Yeah. Any, any dude listening to the show right now, that's like, Oh, whatever, dude, I, I I'll, I'll put up a hundred bucks to watch you wear high heels and run across the track, hold a board. So <laughs> that would be uh, entertaining to see a dude try to, to do that. I'm sure it's, it's not, look, it's not rocket science by any means, but it ain't easy. And it's, you know, I mean, I don't want the whole damn crowd staring at me. So um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's impressive, I think, but um, Hey, look, you, in, at least in my eyes, I don't know how you see it. You're kind of like for a super cross, like to me, you're the head girl, you're the head monster girl. You're the one that I think most people know. You've been around a little while. Um, do you kind of sense that? Do you get that from the fans that know who you are and are excited to see Brady? You know, I mean, I mean, do you sense any of that? Do you, you get that feedback? Um, I do, and it is, it's still so weird. Um, yeah. Like last weekend, um, I ran into my boss, Mitch Covington. So he's Kelly's boss. And, you know, it is still just so weird, like how people – see you because I just I feel like a normal human being but then they'll be like oh yeah like you've been working forever like you're like the like the queen bee over there like yeah. everyone talks so highly of you and like you've been around and I'm like that's so weird because like I'm still like I'm still figuring it out myself and so I don't <laughs> see myself that way but I have you know been working for Kelly and I know what she wants and then even like this you know past weekend I was telling like my girlfriend I'm like you know, it felt so good to be back. PBR is very like lax. Like, you know, this guy tells you where to go, you clap, and then you show up at the end and you take pictures. And like, it's just really easy. I said, but like, when I got back this weekend, I'm just tunnel vision. All right, you're going to go here. This is what's going to happen. Two of you guys are going to go here. We'll switch. I'll like, I'll get a hold of you. Like, I am nonstop going. It's not like, oh, like I just show up and then like everything works itself out. Like, it's, it's planning and communicating mm -hmm. with the, you know, four or five other girls that are working with you. And I do have a little bit more pressure because like, I don't want to mess up because I, I am the one leading them. And like, I don't want to see them fail either Yeah. because I know if they fail, then it's going to make them look bad. But then essentially it makes me look bad because I am the one pushing them and leading them to where they need to be or how to do some things. Right. Okay. Um, talk about the flamethrower. I don't think you guys are doing that this year, as I recall, but the flamethrower is pretty badass. Um, yeah. So I was actually like not into it. Cause <laughs> I'm bet. like, I'm like, I'm going to be the one with my luck. I'm like, the wind's going to catch. They're going to put me right in front of the tunnel. They're going to open the tunnel. <laughs> the wind's going to come through. It's going to blow it. My hair, everything's going to be dried. Like I'm, a, I'm the one that's be on fire, but like, at that time, like, I don't think we did them at all last year either. Yeah. Before, I feel like you know, it's been COVID a little while. Happened. Yeah. But like we had two girls that were like, we will do it. And I'm like, yes, honey, you go and do that. That's <laughs> great. I love that you guys are so 
on it for that. Like, yeah. I love that you guys are so excited. But I was like, I don't know how to tell them. I'm definitely afraid of this. Oh, I don't. I think I would be too. It's it's badass from afar. Like, yeah, I I, I don't know. That just seems like dangerous. I mean, obviously it's somewhat dangerous, but uh, I'm not a big guy that wants to play with fire. So uh, I'll watch it. But I thought it still looks pretty cool from the the press box. Um, all right, last question for you, or last topic is being a mom. You try a, a busy mom doing what you're doing. You travel a lot. Um, Tyler travels a lot. Probably he's busy. How does Max, your daughter, deal with the schedule change of mom and dad being gone? I mean, I'm sure at this point it's just what she knows. Um, but it's it's probably hard on a kid. And how does it, how do you deal with it, knowing like okay, I, maybe I'm going to leave for a couple of days, which right now I guess you're not doing that. But when you do have to leave, it, leaving your kid for a couple of days or is probably not the your favorite thing. Um. Since I moved back to Florida, I struggle with this more. Um, I think just like kind of where you live and like what you're surrounded by is kind of like determines that. Like in California, all my friends either didn't work or they were entrepreneurs and they came and went and, you know, they were influencers. So they would like go on these like trips and they were moms and like they were just doing it all. Like the balance was really well. And then coming to Florida, a lot of people just work these nine to five jobs they don't understand our schedule. They don't understand like all the moving pieces and mm. parts. So it's a little bit difficult here. Cause I get a little bit more of the mom guilt <laughs> yeah. than I did in California because it's like everyone was doing it. And like, that was normal. We're here. Like my girlfriend, um, I went on a, like a little girl's trip. I tried to do a girl's trip with like friends. I've been like great friends with for 20 years. And she's like, I just can't imagine leaving my kids for a weekend. But like, I've always done that. And Max is so used to that. You know, Tyler comes and goes. He was going to Germany at one point. He was in Germany for a month. Like she understands it. And like, I also, um, I don't know how to explain to her that it's not normal. Like normal people don't go to the airport every weekend, but like on her third, on her third birthday, she woke up and she was like, oh, we're going to go on, we're going to go on a trip. We're going to go to the airport. I'm going to bring these snacks. And I'm like, well, actually, we're not going to the airport. You're having a birthday party here at the house. And she was like, no, we're leaving. Like, we're going somewhere. She's ready to go. Yeah, she's ready to roll. So, like, it's it's our normal. Like, we just come and go. And she just rolls with the punches. And COVID kind of, like, started it where she was like, oh, I want to be home. But then we went to Park City. And, like, the first two days, she was like, I don't want to be here. I want to go home. And then she was like, oh, wait, this is normal. Okay, right, here we go. yeah. Kids. And, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so so resilient. Like, yeah. they will bounce back as long as, like, you can lead them. Yeah, they'll adapt. And, like, I mean, as long as you're not, you know, you're, you're giving the time when you're around. That's what she remembers. And, like, I grew up a military kid. My dad was in the Navy. So he would be gone sometimes for six months or he'd be gone for a week on the ship or whatever. And it's just what I knew. And, like, where I live now in East Texas, most everybody went to school together all 12 years of school or even 13 if you count kindergarten. And I was like, okay, I, li- I literally went to 13 different schools in 12 years because we moved all the time. That was my normal. It didn't affect me in a negative way. It's just what I knew. You know, it's, I knew that, all right, a year from now, we're probably going to be moving. It's just, so yeah, kids adapt and I don't think there's a right and wrong way to do it as long as, you know, as long as Max is getting the love she needs when you're around her and, from what it, what it looks like from your Instagram and stuff, you guys are having a pretty damn good time and a good life. So, 
it's cool, but I, I think it's really interesting that she's just adapted and she's, Hey, she's ready to go. Well, and yeah. And like, that's what, like, you know, um, I try to reach out as much as possible to like females mm-hmm. on social media. Cause I mean, most of my following is males because of what I work in. Sure. Um, sure Cause we, we're slimy. Yeah, a lot of the questions from women is how do you do it? How do you live this lifestyle? But you're also a great mom. And then now you're also in school. And honestly, like it's exhausting, but like when things are a priority, you make them happen. Like Maxwell will always be a priority, but work is also a priority without work. I can't provide. And then like, I have certain friendships that also mean everything to me. And like those people would always be there for me. So you just got to give and take. And I also wanted Max, I, I, I want Maxwell to see that like, I love her. But like, I also have my own thing and I want her to be proud and like a legacy and to be like, oh, well, my mom was just a stay at home mom. Like sometimes I feel like a lot of my friends are like, oh, well, my mom doesn't like there's what worth does my mom have, even though she was a stay at home mom. Like, yeah, I I can see that. I mean, it's a stay at home mom is a hard job, but it's so hard, but (laughs) kids, but kids maybe do see that and they're like, oh yeah, my mom, you know, a kid doesn't realize how hard it is right so a kid might be like mm-hmm. oh my mom doesn't do anything she just stays home but that's not necessarily the fact obviously but yeah i see where you're coming from that you right, can yeah. you can branch out you you could want you could do anything you want right you could you could be a stay-at-home mom if you want you could be uh, a beautician if you want or you could travel the world and be a model if you want you can you know just it's yeah i i think that's a a, a good lesson well, like my mom stayed at home sure. and then I was always like, oh, you live the best life. Like <laughs> you like wash some clothes, like you go wash some soap out. operas. Like, yeah, like, oh my God, soap operas were hot at that moment. Hell yeah, general but hospital. Then, like, you know, at that time, you know, being a high schooler, I was like, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then when I became a mom, I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want to stay home anymore. <laughs> like, this is hard. Like, yes. I'm, a, I'm a little like lonely and I'm bored and like. I like, I want to be with people. Like I said it earlier, like I'm an extrovert and I was like, this is so, so hard. Like <laughs> I, I love watching Brittany Osborne because I'm like, oh, I want to awesome. be her so bad. Cause I'm like, they're doing sourdough bread and the Play-Doh and I can't even get Max to just like <laughs> follow me for like two minutes. And she's like, she just would rather be with a group learning. Like right. she's like, mom, absolutely not. Like I, she's just, it's just not there for us. Yeah. Brittany's <laughs> rad. And she does like, I'm like, yeah, go ahead and grab that bag of Cheetos or whatever. She's doing all this natural and fre- like healthy stuff. And she, like, the other day she's like, she posted that the kids had their first Oreos. And I was like, mind blown, first of all. And then yes. she, I texted her because I love the white fudge Oreos that come out around Thanksgiving, but they're only out for like a couple months. So I buy literally like 40 boxes and try to make them last all year. And I told her what I do, and she's like, oh, like, these were, like, zero fat. Yeah, they're, like, the healthiest Oreos. I was like, oh, gosh, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's so good. She's like, rad. Literally, she is a saint. If I oh, could be yeah. more like her, like, 1,000%. Yes. I always say there is nobody better, no human better than Zach and, like, Brittany. They they are amazing that they found each other. And, yeah, what a what a um a, a level to aspire to. Mm-hmm. Yep. 1000%. Well, Brady, it's been awesome talking to you tonight. I am glad that you're back where you belong, at least in my eyes. And uh, hopefully I'll see you in Dallas. Yes, I'm hoping so too. 
we'll take care. Uh, good luck and uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy your time with Max. And I guess we'll see you on TV this weekend. Yes, see you guys there. All right, Brady. Bye. Bye. All right, that is a wrap for this episode. Uh, once again, I want to thank a Cherubies USA, X-Brand Goggles, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Extreme Colors, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID, and Williams Moto Works. And uh, again, if you guys get time, go to patreon.com and support the show. Just search us out, Moto X-Pod Show. Any questions, comments, anything like that, MotoXPodShow at gmail.com. And once again, congratulations to Nicolee Souders for the, the winner of the Fly Spark Down jacket. Guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Should be back next week with uh, as long as you know everything's working and no power outages or anything crazy. We will be back with another show. That's it. Thanks. Thanks.